It's the traditional thing that when you see somebody doing well or appear to be doing well, you celebrate them. This is why we've lost so many people with grace in our generation because people enjoyed their grace, but nobody labored in prayer for them. But when you look in the scriptures, Paul says, I heard of your faith. Hallelujah. Has anybody heard of your faith? Has your faith made an imprint? Paul said, I heard of your faith and your love to all the saints. No cliques here. No favorite people. You are in the kingdom. You are your father's child. And you love all your siblings. Because we are one family under God. We're living in a generation where you can hardly find us. And Paul said, I heard of you. But instead of celebrating them, he started praying for them. You see the difference? That when you see somebody anointed and blessing you, that's when you start praying for them. Why are you praying? Lord, I want this thing to last all my life. I don't want anything messing with this. Lord, grant him all the grace he needs. Give him grace. Give him mercy. Empower him. Send angels to fight for him. You start interceding. That the grace will last a lifetime. But in our generation, when somebody's doing good, we applaud them. And that's all. And before long, they cave in. Because there's enormous demonic warfare and pressure. Against every grace that's authentic. But more importantly, Paul said, you got something good going. And I'm praying for you that God will open your eyes. So this will not be something that will happen and keep going until you hit a brick wall and you can't figure yourself. You see? Because he knows there are brick walls ahead. Hallelujah. You better know the seasoned water is talking to you. I said there are brick walls ahead. That's why it's called a breakthrough. Not a break-in. Hallelujah. I have not forgotten it years ago. I'm preaching. I'm preaching in the middle of service. Jesus said to me, I said, I am the way. 
I am the truth. I am the life. He said, your problem is you think that only meant that's the way you get saved. He said, but I told you that when I send you forth, I'm going before you. You better allow God to change your life. You do not pray like that. That Jesus is ahead of me. Before I meet any devil, he met them first. He said, that's why I said I am the way. So when I get to a brick wall, I'll go like this. And walk right through it. And open a door for you. Where there is no door. That's what makes your faith strong. Jesus is ahead of me. I can't see my way. But my faith says there's a way here. There's a door here. There's a miracle here. Woo! Hallelujah! Who has ever walked by faith and didn't make brick walls? If you don't anticipate it, you're still a neophyte. No, you go at it with the confidence that he who sent me is ahead of me. And he makes a way even when there is no way. Paul said, I don't want you to be frustrated. I don't want you to crash. I'm praying that the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, in this your faith, in this your love, you better catch a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. You can't serve God by your head. You serve God by revelation. <laughs> One minister said to me on this trail, he said he was just sitting there Look at how beautiful the word and the glory sitting on a good one. And he said to himself, how did I get here? I never knew that such a thing was ever possible, let alone to happen to me. And God said to him, this is faith. This is the life faith purchased. It's a man's faith that produces what you are enjoying. Hallelujah. Ooh. I'm giving you a supernatural boost. Don't worry when I preach the second message in this series. I'll talk about it, but I can, I can just take a dab into it. Do you know the power of your faith? What can your faith produce? Do you know the treasure that you have? 
No, you don't. You need your eyes. Paul says your eyes need to be enlightened. You need the blindness snatched off. And just as all these people that received healing to their physical blindness, so must you swallow your pride. Take correction. Shout when you're told to. Run when he tells you to run. Sow the seed he tells you to sow. I'll, I'll, I'll keep all of that for my next message. Because I want to hit some things that will root out so many things. Watch. He says that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ. Notice. The one and only true God is the God of our Lord Jesus. I don't know what all these guys are talking about. (laughs) Watch. He is the Father of glory. That's why sons of God talk about glory. Amen. Yeah. We're not talking about trinkets or houses and lands. We talk the glory talk. The glory language. What the glory can produce. Watch. He said that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation. In the knowledge of him. So I don't want you to serve God blinded. Because even though your faith is strong. And you love people. If your eyes don't open. You're going to run into brick walls. And your faith will collapse. You may even feel that God deceived you. Paul said, I pray your eyes will open. Watch. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened. What are you blind about? I'm about to show you three things that's kept you blind. Number one. He says, I want the eyes of your understanding to be enlightened that you will know the hope of his calling. You will know why he saved you. I told you you are a choice. But you keep acting like you're an accident. You say, you didn't choose me. I chose you. So, what devil is telling you God don't love you? Because he led you to a brick wall. Because you can't see. You say, I chose you. You didn't choose me. And when I chose you, I put a hope there. You are running for something. The reason you act like you do is you don't know what you're running for. You call me KG, Apostle KG. I keep going. But why do I keep going? I keep going because of where I'm going. There's a hope set before me. I haven't reached it yet. So I have no reason to stop here. 
There's no attack that qualifies to make me camp out here. This is not my destination. You have come to pass. If you knew the pressure Satan put on me to cancel this glory fall, I want you to understand it. So when the enemy comes at you, that's why I laugh at those of you that think you are called to these whatever. And you haven't gone through anything. You, you are complaining about washing dishes and, and having Mickey Mouse attitude. But you've been called to global, sit down and shut up. Huh? You haven't skipped over pebbles. When you run into things that make you, will want to make you question whether God loves you at all. Until you get into the realm I live in. Here I'm so sick. But I can look at you and you fall down. The power is there. But it's not doing anything for me. But it's doing for everybody else. Can you handle it? No, you blow up and say, well, who cares? That's why God won't send you. Because he knows you haven't been tested. If you know how many years he cooked me. <laughs> if you know the storms I'm weathering personally. And I have Bible study. For glory fall. He said, cancel it, cancel it. I said, I will never cancel. I said, if all I did was just raise the altars. And let the leaders, leaders do the march. I will still do it. I will not counsel. I don't care Satan what you do. I will not counsel. This glory fall. As I'm going to that prayer meeting. How are you going to do it? I just sat down at the office. I couldn't. I had to jump back up. And I walked in here. <laughs> to do the prayer meeting. And as soon as I sat on my chair, the glory came down. <laughs> and I got up and led the prayer meeting. This is what I'm telling people. The kind of miracles I've experienced from my father. That's why some people even doubt, did he actually have cancer? Because he healed me of cancer. It's not that I went through treatment and through chemotherapy and through all of that. I went through zilch. He healed me completely. You understand the power of faith. Before the prayer meeting ended, God healed me completely. I could sit, I could walk, I could run. All the bleeding stopped. Nothing, nothing, nothing. 
And I went out and walked 26 miles. These are authentic miracles in the now. <laughs> so now, there are people that keep going, but they're running for something material. They're trying to achieve success. Uh. But when a man His eyes has been enlightened. He can see. He can see where he's going. He can see the price he's trying to obtain. That's why I keep going. KG has to have sight. Watch. Because I need to show you some things. You must know the reason for your hope. He says, they need to enlighten you. So your reason for being a believer will come clear to you. Because for many people, they're confused. They don't know what they're running from. So that's why when you get disappointed, or you lose a job, or somebody leaves, or this happens, you quit praying. You get depressed. You don't know what you're running for. I remember the story of the missionary I heard years ago I read it he was he spent most of his life in Africa in those days ministering overcame all the influenzas and disease and all of that and he reached retirement by the organization's boards rules and regulations so he boarded the ship coming back to America And when the ship got to New York Harbor, he saw all the people waving. And he thought that it was the people that came to welcome him. And he was excited. He did not know that there were US military personnel. This was all their families that came to welcome the servicemen. And he said to the Lord, Lord, I labored for you all these years in your army. And nobody is here to welcome me home. And the Lord said to him, son, you are not home yet. Did you catch that bullet? You are trying to join the wrong celebration. When you get home, son, there'll be angels. There'll be sons of God come before you. And they will be saluting you and rejoicing that you made it. Hallelujah.
Come on. Until your eyes opened. Let me give you some bullets. Huh? So you will know what you're running for. Look at Revelation chapter 3. Revelation chapter 3, verse 5. He that overcometh, the same shall be clothed in white raiment. And I will not blot out his name out of the book of life. But I will confess his name before my father and before his angels. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the spirit So when the devil comes next time to mess with you, you tell him, no, I know what I'm running for. I'm running to get my white raiment on. I'm running so that my name will stay in the Lamb's book of life. I'm not running for a house or a car or a wife or a husband. I'm running to win this thing. Do you know why you should keep going? Your name is in a book. And the enemy is doing everything. He can't get God to remove your name. He can't get Jesus to remove your name. But he wants you to rebel against Jesus. So Jesus will be forced to remove your name. And you tell him, no, my name is in that book. And I will not let you push me in a corner. My name will stay in that book until I close my eyes in death. And I'm going to hear, well done. believe beloved that this message is so mission critical it's one of the most important messages it sharpens your focus it helps you understand what the race is all about if you are honest you will agree that the enemy has distorted your vision and many times we forget what we are running for offenses come in and take us off track Sometimes the lust of vindication, you start trying to prove that you are right. You forget what you are running for. <laughs> People, you know, they assimilate into the place of God in your life. And you are preoccupied with people, proving yourself to people, or trying to please people, or trying to explain to people. Your vision is distorted. This message just rams it right back in your view, front view. Grab it and not lose it. Grab it so you know what you're running for in 2024. Hallelujah. And I promise you the Lord will be so pleased that you're going for him with all your heart. You are cutting out all the distractions. Turn down social media. Spend more time worshiping the Lord, praying and reading your word. 
God will draw clothes and father you. God will use you mightily. We need true believers in every area of society, in offices, in, in factories, in fast food joints. Somebody there to pray. Somebody there to counsel. Somebody there to perform a miracle. The kingdom will be established. Jesus says, occupy till I come. Occupy till I come. That's what we are called to do. And we want to be a part of that remnant that will get the job done. One son of God can change a nation. Elijah did. And we are changed. We, are, okay, some people think it's presumptuous. No, we change Union City. And we are changing America. We are following the divine strategy God has given to us. God has put uh, Mormonism in our crosshairs and we shot against them. He's given us strategies for Islam. He hasn't launched it yet, but he will. You have to give God a reason to keep you alive, a reason to continue to bless you, a reason, yes, for him to continue to sponsor you and take care of you. It shouldn't be just for you, for you, for you. It's for the establishment of the kingdom. We were told to pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on the earth as it is in heaven. What a charge we've been given, but the church is not even concerned about it. I've tried to fellowship with pastors so we can join together to evangelize Atlanta. Nobody's interested. They're all in the politics of their stuff. So I left them all alone. I wait on God until he shows me how to get it done. Then it doesn't matter who comes or who doesn't come. One guy said he would work with me. But the way he was behaving, I said, oh, this is a lost generation. Yeah? He will, he's like, are you going to participate? Are you not going to participate? And then when he came, he came in dressed down mode and put a cap over his face. It was one of my ministers that pointed him out to me. What? Huh? What? It's amazing. <laughs> May God save our generation in Jesus' name. Would you stand up for the Lord Jesus in America? Just stand up for the kingdom of God. Make that your 2024 resolution. That you will count for the kingdom. That you will count for the establishment of the Lord Jesus as supreme in America. That circular humanism, political correctness, witchcraft, all these things eh, must fall before him, the king of kings and lord of lords. I don't know if you will understand what I'm about to say, but God gave me these decrees I'm making right now. I'm not just mouth enough. And while I was making these decrees in one of the state capitals, I added the pronouns. Immediately the glory lifted from me. He said, I didn't give you that. I said, oh, I'm so sorry. Don't add to his words. Don't take out from his words. I quickly made the correction and the glory returned. I even forgot to mention that in church. It is so precise. Does your life count? Yes, you are preaching. You have a church. But uh, do you really matter? Are you hearing from God? Is your ministry reestablishing the kingdom of God on the earth? Are you part of the pacifists that believe everything is failing and this and that? We don't have to do anything. We just sit around in laziness until he comes. Don't believe that nonsense. May God save you and deliver you and make your ministry count in Jesus' mighty name. We love you. God bless you. We'll see you tomorrow.